I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to be bitten. This guy's is worse than a sting. One, two. Get ready. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. Weather forecast is looking a lot drier than last weekend for the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down here on the cut line. We are going to break down a tournament that has a massive amount of history, but limited data due to too many, way too many venue changes. Two years ago, we were at Link Style Trinity Forest Golf Club. And last year, we are at TPC Craig Ranch. This year, Craig Ranch again. Probably should break this course down. Before we do that, hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK, letting you guys know that everything is available on CutlineGolf.com. Tournament model is ready. Download, build your own model. Download the projections if you can put them in your optimizers. These are useful tools for anyone looking to break down this week's slate. Now, if you're new to the show, and you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater, where in God's name have you been? And of course, our returning listeners, welcome back, welcome back. I'm your host, Michael Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter. Simply said, unbelievable, super cool, outrageous, amazing cut line is brought to you by Fanshare Sports. And Fanshare Sports keeps delivering on ownership. It's promised to give you the best weekly ownership week in and week out. Easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com. In the discount code, write the word CUTLINE, and you'll receive 25% off your monthly membership. Remember, ownership's key, guys. You got to leverage the field. Got to leverage those GPPs. You want to finish in first place? Very easily done. All right. So, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and ugly of golf recently, and specifically the sportsbook and specifically DFS. I've had a few conversations about this. And it's bothering me. All this breakdown of strokes gains data and, and everything we're looking at has recently shown a lot of predictability. Like it's almost made golf too easy. I'm not saying that everyone's hitting all the numbers they're cashing, but you're seeing a lot of people highlighting, touting, trending the same golfers because their models are producing the same results and it shouldn't be this simplistic. I'm not saying that golfers don't have a particular course fit. I'm not saying that's not true, but people are not looking abstractly enough to take advantage of these fields. And there is going to be regression shortly. So we will stick with it. It shouldn't be this easy. It shouldn't be that everyone nails Keegan Bradley until he goes full Keegan on you on Sunday. You know, at least Max Homa was not popping at everyone's models, but, you know, he came out with the win. But still, he was pretty popular. It's just something to consider as we move forward that it's not supposed to be this easy. And eventually, all this chalk play, 
all these people making cuts that people are buying into that are really not that good. I mean, Keegan hasn't won for over four years. I mean, come on, guys. Things are going to change. They're going to get better for you. I promise. Stick with it. Now, per our usual, as our game grows, your game grows, and the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. And we're going to do the best we can. Max Power, he's the man whose name you'd love to touch, but you mustn't touch. His name sounds good in your ear. But when you say it, you mustn't fear, cause his name can be said by anyone. To give you the best opportunity to cash big on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your lineup at the green, but so is your bankroll. Six of six through the low-owned plays and better lineups in the end, that is cashing and smashing here at the cut line. So get yourself some GPP wins. And now we fix our gaze on the Byron Nelson and you as a DFS player are going to have to be on your game in order to cash this weekend. We are right before a major. So a lot of narratives about who wants to play, who's there to win, who's there to qualify, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot more difficult of an endeavor than one may perceive. But we are going to break it down in our course preview first at TPC Craig Ranch. This course preview is brought to you by Golf Goons. If you're not part of Golf Goons, go to at golfgoons uh, on Twitter and join their Discord, man. Join the NFT craze. Look, it's one of the best programs out there in order to get involved in NFTs. You get involved with golf. You can make real money and real cash off that. Real cryptocurrency that you convert and send it to your bankroll. Right now, I'm an owner of seven golf goons seven golf goons including that two-gloved wearing son of a gun aaron rye so take advantage go at the golf goons on twitter i'm telling you guys you got to jump on board before too many people are there then it's gonna be impossible for you to get a hold of these things kepka being dropped this week brooks kepka anyways tpc craig ranch tour players get a course that is a birdie fest how serious are the big dogs to take it you know, for real, like Justin Thomas, Shepler, Johnson, Matsuyama, it's just to be seen, PGA Championships next weekend. And I'm not too sure how these golfers are going to perform, being that, do you want the unnecessary fatigue going into a major? Do you want the body aches, potentially, of four rounds? Obviously, TPC Craig Ranch is not that stressful, but still. The course is challenging for recreational golfers as it ranked among the top private courses in the U.S. Now, the course is designed to use topography of the land, winds through the rolling hills, its mature trees, which are no longer there, and following Rollick Creek to add a touch, a touch of majesty. And we did see competitive golf here at TPC Craig Ranch in 2012 and 2008, but we did not see competitive golf here last year. Cage Lee won 25 under. I mean, it was a scoring fest. This was not difficult at all. Uh, course success is directly related to the second shot. And here's what I mean. If you look at stats from last year, okay, 70% of the top 10 finishers were greens in regulation. 
Okay, over 70%. That's a high number. Um, this year, it's going to be a little bit different. The course is playing a little bit drier. It's going to, I mean, last year we had a ton of rain. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was an easily scoring fest for, for the PGA Tour pros. It would, it would downpour at night, and it was just scoring season. So I do expect like a high score. Minus 18, 19, 20, 21. It may not be minus 25 like it was last last year, but still, I think there's going to be an advantage here. There's going to be some rollout coming out with these balls. It's going to be drier. That whole course is getting bombarded by wind yesterday, today, um, with like 25, 26, 28 miles per hour wind. So it's drying out those greens. So this is something to consider this weekend. Now, how can it go wrong if the wind picks up this weekend? Golfers are going to have some difficulty, right? But the weather forecast right now does not look that foreboding. Now, this can always change. Last year, the cut was five under. It could potentially stay there. I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, if it gets lower because the course dries out, that is a potential as well. But I don't think it's a detriment to how easy this course is going to play for the pros. Um, Bentgrass greens, stint meter all the way up to 11 and a half. It's going to be slower. And then we got about 7,000 square feet of green, 7,468 yards, par 72. Again, the weather forecast, if you're looking for any weather draws, right now it would be an a.m. p.m. kind of thing. you got lesser wind in the morning than you do in the p.m. Um, so if you're looking at showdowns, that is a potential uh, advantage. Nuggets and tidbits, it isn't a surprise that 13.5% of the approach shots were from 250 yards away. And that is because people are going for eagles on those par fives. Hello, Matt Wolf. God, I can't watch him. I can't watch him. Um... You're looking for easy course comparisons, TPC, TPC Craig Ranch. So you're just not going to get a challenging track right before a major. Cage Lee was dialed in on approach, yet he separated himself with the field with the hot putter. And the closest to doing the same feat was Patton Kazire. He finished top three. Of the top five in strokes gain off the tee last year at the Byron Nelson, only one player in the finished in the top five. The rest finished tied for 34th or 34th or worse. And that includes uh, Bryson DeChambeau last year. And many players are going to rely heavily that they could dominate the par fives with potential Eagles, but KH Lee won last year without recording a single one. But yet nearly half the players that finished in the top five did record an Eagle. In fact, five of six of those that did recorded two. So Eagle scoring on par fives could be pivotal. Limited data in the approach shot, but most of them came for that 150 to 175 range, about 18%. And then, of course, you do have a good spreading from like the 175 to 250 plus with about 13%, 15%, and 13.5%. You can find all this information on the course report at cutlinegolf.com. Past winners. Last year's the only one that matters, KH Lee. You can watch his highlights there on the YouTube channel that I put up on the course report. And of course, Key stats that I'm looking at. Strokes gain, T to green, ball striking, approach, massive. Um, strokes gain, par five, birdies are gain. And I'm going to look at those prox numbers. I'm going to try to dial in and see how I can get different there. Um, the key is, though, I, I'm not touching anything off the tee. I'm just not. I might include some driving distance. Um, thanks to the rollout. Could help shorten some of these approach shots for some of these elite players. Similar courses, TPC San Antonio, Boston, Sherwood Country Club, TPC Deer One, and TPC Twin Cities. Again, easy courses, so... But the question is, who am I going to play this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of DraftKings pricing. But this week's 
Birdie or Better segment is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy and ThriveFantasy.com. Looking to bet golf props in a GPP style format? Thrive Fantasy is your answer. Um, you can get huge bonuses on your deposit. Simply use the word cut line and you can get up to 400% matched to your deposit. You want to deposit 100 bucks? Potentially have $500 to spare? Do it. You get the spin. Remember, use the word cut line and get in there, get into Thrive Fantasy. So, we are starting this week's Birdie or Better segment a little bit different. Normally, we start in that top tier, and I get that. But this week, we're looking at putters. And I'm looking at putters on bent grass. And I got a list for you. And we've actually been doing this a few weeks now. And if you haven't been paying attention, they've been pretty hot. Example would be JT Poston last week. Okay. So we we talked about him. We talked about JT Poston at, at the Wells Fargo and how that his putter could get hot. And, you know, look look what we get. We get it tied for ninth. Granted, are these guys going to win? Not every time. Are they high odds plays? Absolutely. But these are options that I think you could use both in DFS and that you could obviously use at the sportsbook for top fives, top tens. So break down the names real quick, and I'll go over why and why why they're advantageous. You got Alex Norin, Pat Perez, Ian Poulter, Harry Higgs, um, Sangyul No, Peter Melnati, Mackenzie Hughes, Wyndham Clark, Josh Creel, Patrick Rogers, KH Lee, last year's winner, and and God, I can't believe I'm saying it, Matt Wolf. All right, so. All these guys have long odds to win. And these were Bovada's opening odds. The reason we use Bovada is just easier to import them into my model. But Alex Norton, 66 to 1. Pat Perez, 200 to 1. Ian Poulter, 80 to 1. Higgs was 250 to 1. No is 500 to 1. Josh Creel's 500 to 1. Patrick Rogers, 125 to 1. Cage Lee, 100 to 1. Whatever the case may be. But for the sports book, here's what I suggest you do with these plays. You can obviously put your, like, you know, your two bucks to win, right? Who wouldn't want? to have $2 on, on saying you'll know and, and pull out a thousand bucks. But the point being is that like you can bet these guys top five, top 10 and still make a return, a massive return based on these odds. So make sure you take advantage of that. So these guys have separate pricings, right? Uh, there's a bunch of guys here in, in the seven K range. We're looking at Alex Noren, KH Lee, Poulter, Mac Hughes, Matt Wolf, Patrick Rogers, and no one's going to touch Matt Wolf. No one is going to touch Matt Wolf. After what we've seen, no one's going to touch him. I joke that I can't play him. I joke that I can't roster him in DFS. I joke that I can't bet him because of the way his swing, that swing hitch that he has. I can't stand watching it. And I know there's been unorthodox golf swings on PGA Tour that have been very successful, but I cannot stand Matt Wolf's hitch. Can't do it. But anyways, regardless, on easy courses, Wolf dominates the par fives, gets eagles, scores, and the fairway's wide open. You can take advantage now. You don't have to bet a lot. And the reason that you can take advantage, on my model, he's not popping. In fact, none of these guys are popping on my model except Alex Noren. And I would argue that's not even really a huge, massive uptick and upswing at being 51st overall in my overall model. Um, of all these players, only one I would suggest on approach and that's just long-term form, and that's Pat Perez. So these are options of guys that are long odds who can putt on bent grass greens and easily 
easily dominating the tournament. Just looking at last year's stats, Norin was 21st, KH Lee we know was a winner, Patrick Rogers 47th, 39th for Wyndham Clark, 39th for Pat Perez. You know, you have a couple of putts go the right way for some of these guys, and they are top 10, top 5, potentially looking to compete on Sunday like KH Lee did. He just dominated with approach, dominated with the putter. Now, the one guy on this list who played here last year was Harry Higgs. He missed the cut. You look at recent form at the Wells Fargo, KH Lee 25th, Matt Hughes 9th, Matt Wolf 25th, of course, Malnati 51st. And again, you had a top 10 finish for Patrick Rogers at the Mexico Championship. At the RBC Heritage, you had a top 35 finish for Wyndham Clark. You know, going back to the Masters, you had the 14th place finish for Harry Higgs. So there's a lot to be said here about the putter being one of the best aspects of everything in their bag compared to the overall stat model. Take advantage, guys. Take advantage of where you can. You don't need to play them. If you're going to go three max, it's a high-risk play. You know, pick wisely, choose wisely, understand what you're getting yourself into. In terms of ownership, the only high guy would be Alex Norn. He's double-digit right now on fan chair sports. So it's something to be conscientious of. All right, let's go to that top tier, and we'll break it down. Everyone's favorite guy right now is most definitely JT. He just fits this course. I completely 100% agree that he does fit this course. If you want to take his number, by all means, go ahead. It's 12 to 1. He's number one in everyone's overall stat model. He's number one in my confidence model. The only place he's not number one for me is going off the tee, and I really don't care about that. I really don't because right now those greens, that it, it's just so wide open out there with this, the way this course is set up that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, honestly, what is going on there with, with anything of that nature in terms of the fairway in everything that's occurring within there. So make sure you guys take advantage of the fact that we are looking at a course that is going to basically dial in your approach, be awesome with your putter, and you got a chance to win. Now, it's drier. It's drier out there. Be conscientious of that. Um, so top tier, we're looking at Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, DJ, and Jordan Spieth. Right now for DFS, like, I would totally eat the ownership on JT. I would totally eat the ownership on Scotty Scheffler, but it's hard not to consider Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth at such lower ownership. DJ's look better in form. I don't care what people say. He's looked better. Um, again, though, he might be at that age, and this is sheer speculation where he's only really concerned about the majors. Um, a lot of people are going to argue that these guys take this weekend off, but we saw Jordan Spieth just two years ago when – the Valero just prior to the masters. Um, so you can't tell me that these guys aren't here to get the FedEx points that they don't want to be competing for that, you know, huge price purse at the end of the year. And by the way, last year, Jordan Spieth finished ninth, ninth here on this course. And if you look at his recent form, he just won the RBC heritage. So come on guys, come on. If you're going to tell me that Jordan Spieth isn't an option here, you're ridiculous just because he's 10 K and he wants to win majors. They all want to win. Whether they have it this weekend, that's what we're looking at. Scotty Scheffler's been the hottest golfer on tour. Hottest golfer on tour. Why wouldn't he want to come in here and compete and get ready for the PGA Championship, play four solid rounds, get another victory under his belt? You guys don't think they want to get paid? Come on, man. Come on. So 
that is the breakdown of the top tier. I like them all. I, there's not one I would fade. I can make re- rationale and reasons why you would. Um, historically, Scheffler's been terrible on bent grass greens, but you know, recent form says otherwise. He, he's been putting awesome. Justin Thomas is the inverse of that. He's been okay on bent grass, but recently he's been putting terrible. Um, and then, of course, Jordan Spieth's an amazing short game putter, especially on bent grass greens, one of the best in the field. Um, all these guys can score, and all these guys have pretty solid approach so i'd buy into all four i really would and i think they're viable options you could play the ownership leverage game with dj that might be the smart way to go going down to the 9k range again limited samples like a limited what we have we got matsuyama xander burns zalatoris neiman kepka and fleetwood a lot of people are big on zalatoris and burns for for good reasons zalatoris on the approach game burns with the putting and the approach um they were awesome here last year right sam burns finished second and zalatoris finished 17th so you got the course history already uh, matsuyama played here last year he finished 39th he did make the cut so again we're looking at an ownership game burns gonna be a lot of love zalatoris a lot of love and you can eat that chalk this week and just get different elsewhere remember i like being in that like money range of like 65 to maybe 90 aggregate ownership to get different and every tournament's different right um in terms of your gpp entry so make sure you're conscientious of that um it's interesting to, to note this but on lee aldrich's course suitability metric he's got zalatoris as number one uh i know kirshner is really in love with zalatoris among other people and we're hearing a lot of chit chatter chit chat on jt and willie z right now so that's where a lot of the noise is going. That's where a lot of the tags are going for, for Fanshare Sports. So be mindful of that. Okay, be mindful of that um, as we kind of like look into this slate a little bit deeper. Um, sticking with this 9K range though, like Brooks Brooks Kepka, I'm probably not going to touch them, but he's, he's sub 10%. Tommy Fleetwood could never win on tour. Uh, man, I, I can't do it. I, I can't roster a guy who can't win, right? I, how can you roster a guy who can't win on the PGA Tour? He, of this range, of the 9K range, him and Zalatoris are the only ones with zero wins. The difference, of course, is the age between Willie Z and Tommy Fleetwood. Um, but then you look at 24 wins for DJ, 14 wins for for JT, 12 for Spieth. You know, we're not even, we're not even going to include how many majors of those that they won, but still Sam Burns has won twice. Neiman's won twice. Kepka eight times. And even going down below that into the 8K range, you you got guys that you would love to see, you know, rostered and played. So it'll be interesting to see how this range shakes out closer to Wednesday with, with ownership and who people are going to roster. But still, I, I think this is a key thing to get correct. I like Xander here. I know a lot of people are like, no, 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 hasn't won since the Olympics, and and there's too many factors. But if he's going to be coming in at just like 12, 13% ownership for DFS, I got to take it because he fits that mold. And I I really think he fits that mold a lot better than he does next weekend just to win here, gain some momentum. So Xander is really appealing to me, Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, going down to the 8K range, surprising we don't have an 8,900 or 8,800 guy. We go straight into this 8.7 down to 8K, um, which includes Adam Scott, Taylor Gooch, Vegas, Coke Rack, Jason Day, Aaron Wise, 
Adam Hadwin and Cameron Champ. Now, Jason Kokrak is someone who is not popping in my overall stat model, but just explodes everywhere else. And now we haven't seen him since the RBC Heritage and the Masters. So it's been, you know, three or four weeks. 35th at RBC, 14th at the Masters, but the guy dominates putting on Ben Crash Greens. And he's solid in approach. Why why wouldn't you take Jason Kokrak this week, especially at like 6 5% ownership? Jason Day, 8,200, suffers from strokes getting old. I know he played well last weekend, but I'm just not going to buy into it. And then in this 8K range, you got ownership going to Gooch, you got ownership going to Vegas, you got ownership going to Wise, you got ownership going to Hadwin, which it should. I don't know if I'm going to be eating that much chalk this weekend. Right? I, I'm not quite sure that is the best idea for chalk. I do like Johnny Vegas here. But I don't know if I like him at 14%. The, the number's not terrible. And we saw 15th place finish last weekend, but at 8,400, I think he does fit this course because he's able to putt so well on Ben Grass Green's solid in approach with the distance. There's a lot to like about Johnny Vegas here. In fact, you know, at 50 to 1, he opened up. It might be a good chance to jump on to the uh, to top five, top 10 finish at the sports book for the 38 year old. But we'll see. We'll see. One of the things that I think gets overlooked here is the Zoiza grass. Um, it is Zoiza fairways, and players kind of tend to not enjoy playing on it. So Adam Scott resides in the Bahamas. And if I did this right in terms of research, there's plenty of Zoiza courses down there that could give him a potential advantage. Of course, it's Adam Scott, right? I mean, playing him right now is like, ugh. But, I mean, he's a great bent grass greens putter. Um, in terms of places, though, like the last time we saw him was a 48th place finish at the Masters, and then before that, miscut at the Players, but we don't count that, but then 26th at the API. So there is upside for 8,700 Adam Scott, especially if he can top 20. I think that in my confidence model, ranking number 10, number 5 in my aggregate model, people aren't going to play Adam Scott. This is a what have you done for me lately for, for, for some of these players, and Adam Scott does not fit that bill for a lot of guys. Taylor Gooch and Johnny Vegas, of course, they are more popular in terms of names. You look at Gooch, though, we haven't seen him since the Masters. Are people really buying into that as one of the top plays? No. What they like to see is that he played here last year, finished 39th. So there's the upside for Taylor Gooch. You look in, in the fact that this year he ranks 12th in approach in the field. Vegas ranks 13th just below him. But then you go to Kokrak who ranks 46th this year in 2022. So it's something to consider in this 8K range. Like, who are you going to play? We, I mean, we already talked about Zalatoris. We know why people are going to play him. But in this 8K range, Taylor Gooch, Johnny Vegas, solid approach players. And, of course, Aaron Wise, who's yet to, I think, fulfill that preseason coming out party of dominance that everyone was hoping for. And that ownership just keeps tumbling down. Because people are sick of playing Aaron Wise and failing. Failing to grasp hold of the top five finish. But a lot of upside for for Wise. Struggles on bent grass greens, but he always struggles with the putter. Um, the nice thing about him, though, is that he can just score. He can flat out score. Um, looking at strokes game part fives, just for 2022. All right, top guys, Thomas and Scheffler. And then you got Matsuyama. And then comes 8K Taylor Gooch. 
So again, another stat that we're looking at this year. Um, Burns, and then followed by Spieth, Fleetwood, Johnny Vegas, Jason Kokrak then comes in 8,300. So he's not too far behind, but there are just some concerning stance that are just going to reduce his ownership. So it's nice to take advantage of that. All right, the 7K range. 7K range. That is a fun little zone. And a lot of people are talking about this 8K range kind of being like the bread or butter golden area to, to take advantage. I think there's so much more available in the 7K range that could compete with guys. Like like Aaron Wise is 8,100. Why couldn't you just go to Seamus Power or Alex Noren? I mean, Noren's, Noren's 11% ownership, but again, it, it, it's a cheaper pivot that lets you get different elsewhere. Or, you know, go to Maverick McNeely. He's popping on everyone's models, by the way. He's number three in my overall stat model. Um, so one of the common questions is like when guys like this are popping, right? And a guy who's 50 to one to open up and Vegas odds, what is it about his game that you would say is like suspect? And I would have to say that, you know, he dominates those par fives. He's awesome at scoring, but you know, the biggest flaw in his game would be the, the, the fairway hit percentage. You take that away because these fairways are wide open. So what could what could happen? He could regress to his 2021 form where his approach game was abysmal. And if that happens, like that's a miscut. That's a miscut for a guy who's 7,800 and coming in at nearly 20% ownership on Fanshare Sports. So if you want to fade Maverick McNeely, I get it. Um, Siwoo Kim, again, he has the upside here. We always like playing Siwoo in in big, massive, you know, low ownership positions where he can just like flat out ball. Um, like if you look at average DK, like the DK average for, for Siwoo, it's, it's going to be highly variant. But he's at, you know, he averages 69 on the year. Mav averages 78, and that's why people are leaning towards him. But I like the Siwoo tournament upside especially on easy courses. He, he's projecting a little bit better than Maverick McNeely in the same price range. So it's something to take advantage of. Mido, I'm going to do it again, right? I'm going to do it. 26th in my overall stat model, okay? He is a scorer, one of the best players on approach on, on the PGA Tour. And We've seen 26th at the RBC, 13th at the Valero, 27th in the Valspar. He's coming in with really good form. He's only coming in at 12, 13% ownership. And I just like him a lot better than I do someone like Sepp Straka, Sebastian Munoz, uh, strokes gained old Matt Kuchar. Got no interest in playing that because it's just too much age there. But, you know, Mito is just a nice play here in this 7K range. Um, you do get a lot of sleepers like Leishman. He, he, no one's on him. Harmon, nobody's not really on him. KH Lee, last year's winner, no one's really on him. Bubba Watson here at 7,500, no one's on him. We talked about the Zoiza advantage. Uh, Bezudin, no one's on him. So this ownership is where it gets really spread out. You're looking at guys like Tom Hoagie, who's getting a little bit more love because of his success this year. Um, everyone liked Matt Naismith last weekend, and no one likes him this weekend. So the 7K range is very difficult to navigate. Because you're just going to have to do some deeper dives on these guys to kind of identify what skill base and skill set that you're looking at. So if we're, we're talking strictly like approach, right? We're, we'll look at my approach rank and, and approach is such a key stat. Well, then you're looking at guys like Mito. You're looking at guys like Luke List, Aaron Rye, um, 
Matthias Schwab, Munoz, C.T. Pan, Naismith, Bubba Watson, McNeely. That That's what you're looking for for these approach guy models. Now, they may not shine elsewhere. They might not have determined history. They might have suspect form. But when you look at where approach is key, McNeely finished 26th at RBC Heritage. Naismith, 12th. Um, CT made the cut at RBC. Schwab made the cut. You know, Mito made the cut. The only one on that list who didn't make the cut at the RBC was uh, Luke List. The rest didn't play. So that's Rye, you know, Munoz. But then you got guys down the, down down who aren't just terrible at approach, but I would say this middle tier of this 7K range, guys like Sepp Straka, guys like Patrick Rogers, um, they're in the middle of the tier, but if they dial it in on their scoring and approach, they could most definitely dominate. Now, remember with the 7K range, you're probably not going to get the winner, right? You're not going to get the winner out of this tier. Like the top guy I have is Kazire, my overall stat model, and McNeely and Lanto, right? Those those guys fit in that top 20. But then you got guys like like Charles Howell III, who's 37th, David Lipsky, who's 28th, who I like. He's an option, but you got to trust that they're going to do something well and exceed their expectations. Now the course is easier, so I like that, but like, 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 let's take Lipsky, for example. He's 25th on tour in approach. That's awesome, right? But he's terrible on par fives. He ranks number 97, does awesome on par threes. So is that enough of a leverage to, to roster him and play him, especially after coming off a missed cut at the Wells Fargo? More difficult cut, but it, but did finish sixth place at the Mexico Championship. Um, you look at someone like Tom Hoagie, who's one on tour this year. Overall stat model ranks 75th. Doesn't really do anything well, I think, for this course. But could he turn on the Jets on the par fours and par threes where he tends to score a lot? Absolutely. So a lot of choices you're going to be making this week. Um, thing I'm going to avoid is strokes gain old. So, it, like, you know, you look at someone like Bubba Watson. He's 42. I, I, I just don't want to touch it. Lee Westwood's 48. No, thank you. Ryan Palmer's 44. No, thank you. Um, I am going to fade that kind of like age thing. Ian Poulter has been kind of like sitting in that kind of like same area of of bad right this year. He doesn't even have, I don't think he has a top 10 finish. Um, no, I, his best finish was the CJ Cup which is so far ago, so we shouldn't really count that. 2022-wise, though, 30th at the Honda Classic. So he's not the same guy he was, right? He's 45, 46 years old. Um, Poulter, I mean, I guess 2% ownership, but if you want to get different, is, is Poulter where you want to go? Three wins on tour his whole career. You know, never won a major. It's just, it's not really where i want to do um last bit of information looking at at, at kind of like residencies you know bez is from south africa you might want to take advantage of that see who can we talked we talked about the upside he always has um let's look at one more thing at this at the for the 7k range and that would be like the scoring who's like the best scorer of this group and we're looking at guys like Mito, McNeely, Schwab, Munoz, Sepstraka, kids. So we talked about all those guys being such good scorers. Um, it's a hard range to kind of dissect. And I think Matt Wolf is in play. Those guys that I talked about in this range who are those putter plays. 
you look at projections for this weekend for me um Harmon's top 12 which is interesting power of course is is 14th leishman is 15th and it's almost the point where you're like don't you just want to roster the better golfer like kisner is top 30 in the official world golf rankings right now top 30 and not getting any love Kevin Kisner is top 30 in the official world golf rank. He's not getting any love, not popping in anyone's models, right? Abysmal, but he's a decent enough ball striker. Missed the cut at the RBC heritage 44th at the masters. Um, but still there, there, there's Kisner, right? Um, Seamus power, Leishman, Straka, Harmon, Matt Wolf, all fit in the top 55. Um, even Siwoo Kim. So, a lot of ways you could tackle that 7K range. It just depends on your research. Make sure you guys download the model at cutlinegolf.com. Take advantage of that. So we're looking at the 6K range and trying to find diamonds in the rough here. Um, in terms of where people are from, Brandon Grace from South Africa. You know, you could lock him up with the Zoiza. So is Schwartzel. He did awesome here last year because of that. You know, he doesn't dominate necessarily anything anything else. Roy Sabatini, 6,600. But again, we we might be dealing with with strokes gained old with Roy Sabatini. Um, so that that's something to think about. Um, in terms of like wins on tour here with the 6K range, it it's really nothing to shine. Oh God, I wish Grio would win more. Wish he would win. But going back to guys like Steven Yeager, stuff like that, we talked about him as a putting expert in this 6K range. Same with Wyndham Clark, um, Pat Perez we talked about, Mel Nadi, Harry Higgs is those putting options. In terms of our overall stat model in this 6K range, guys like Hudson Swafford, Smotherman, who's been losing love because I guess he's just, you know, one of those, what have you done for me lately? And Smotherman was kind of like the eye candy for DFS for a while and then you follow that up with the 25th, 67th, 61st miscut and 25th. It's just not enough, even at 6,600, to help you win any substantial GPPs or lineups. Swafford's interesting, 35th at RBC Heritage, 30th the Masters. So I do like some of that. Um, did miss the, the cut here last year, though. Um, Joseph Bramlett finished seventh here last year, and he's an excellent approach player, along with Martin Laird. So if you guys want to take some shots on them, I most definitely would consider them especially as how well they play an approach but these guys shouldn't be popping in your models like paul barjan the french player pops in the models all the time because of limited stats and everything like that and the way he's been playing on tour this year but like really like 51st miscut 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 57th miscut 10th 8th um you can most definitely take a flyer on him but i think he's high risk so in terms of chalk in this 6K range right now, we're not looking at anything that's really substantially high other than Joseph Bramlett and Martin Laird. Even there, I'm not too concerned about it. Charlie Hoffman, I guess it's time to kind of say no more. Like it was nice last year, but obviously it was it was your last run. Um, we were bottom last weekend at the Wells Fargo. It just didn't work out. Um, Grace is Sid, Doc Redman, some of the normal guys that we see, especially up here in this top tier, the 6K range. Grio, someone I'm always have interest in, and Ches uh, Revy. Um, 
guys who are solid in approach, but they're not going to pop in terms of your overall stat model. And there's quite a few of those guys actually in this 6K range that do that. So like Hank Lebiota is one of them. If he's dialed in on approach, he can most definitely be an option that for this weekend. Um, Duffner, not sure Duffner's figured it out anytime lately. I mean, he's looked really bad. So with with like two missed cuts since Corrales, where he finished 28th, and, and one would say finishing 28th at Corrales is kind of an embarrassment um, versus like Lebiota, two straight made cuts. But, um, you know, the big shiners in terms of recent form, you got Steven Yeager at sixth, James Hahn at ninth last weekend, Adam Shank at ninth last weekend. So those will probably get some ownership. Um, the rest are a lot of missed cuts. Um, 25th all the way down to Luke Donald. But I don't know. I want my 6K guys to at least finish top 15. I don't think Luke Donald has that option. It's, I mean, even with five wins on PGA Tour, it ain't going to happen. Um, so that should do it for that 6K range. Henrik Stenson, 45, not going to touch him. But that's it. Let's go. PGA Championship next weekend. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Byron Nelson Classic. Special shout out to Fanshare Sports. Want to thank Golf Goons and want to thank Thrive Fantasy for their support. Join us next week as we break down the PGA Championship, our second major of the season. Could have a special guest. Special guest. So, uh, cash and smash. Win it. See you guys at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Peace.